for your gene pool, Charlie. Alert, alert, everybody. What about the expectations of coaching a team like this in a community like this? Well, I guess there's always a surprise or two in every community. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, at Bobby Skinner, NFL, diehard Giants fan. Florida here with Danny King, at Danny King NFL, diehard New York Giants of New Jersey fan that lives in New York. Danny, <laughs> there's nothing going on, but how you doing? How, how's everything going? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm doing better than Knicks fans are, and I mean, um, better than Jets fans, or at least whatever the Jets are doing, so I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's been a wild couple weeks, and like people have been... Like saying, like, man, it's chaos in New York, and I'm like, hey, Giants are fine. Like, just leave us alone. We have, <laughs> like, we have the Daniel Jones pick, but that can all work out. Um, I'll give a quick, quick shout out. If you are a Knicks fan, go follow Talking Knicks. They do some good stuff. Um, they did a lot of draft lottery stuff. I think they'll have an episode out. Uh, Jake, who does the Talking Yank show, I think he kind of leads the way with that. But yeah, anyways, um, and you know, we made the you know the the obvious joke. The hey, New York got their Duke player and. <laughs> and Mr. Daniel Jones. So, anyways, there's really nothing going on. So, we essentially have to make up some stuff to talk about. Um, so, let's just make up some rumors. We could do a family feud style <laughs> uh, talking about why, like, a certain player sucks. Like, that always, that usually gets the blood going. Um, but, uh, you know, we can, we got, we're going to do our mailbag. And I got, a, like, a little Russell Wilson stat. We, we could do a, a mailbag. Oh, we should do a family feud of the 10 dumbest things that people said about Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, and, we, you know, we'd probably have to do 20 because I'm a fiery cat. All right, but no, we're actually going to talk about the linebackers because, you know, I was thinking about the linebackers this week. I think it's a very competitive spot, especially in the middle. Um, I think there's some young blood in there and there's some, some older fellas. Um, it's crazy. Like, B.J. Goodson's not old at all, but, like, you know, in today's NFL where, you know, rookie contracts are king. He's, like, seemed, like, almost old. Uh, so let's just talk about the linebackers and where they stand. Let's. I want to focus on the middle linebacker because I put out a tweet about, you know, this is where I see it lining up. Um, and obviously Alex Ogletree will be a starting middle linebacker, but that leaves one more. And honestly, a guy I really like, and I might, I'll admit that I'm a little biased on this because I've done some stuff with him. Um, you know, we met up at the Pro Bowl in Orlando and, and did an interview and did some stuff when he got, came out of college. Tay Davis, uh, number 58, the linebacker out of University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. He was an undrafted free agent last year who made the team. And But I really like him because he played three years of safety at, at, at Chattanooga and switched over to linebacker his final year. So he's still got, like, some time to learn. And, like, he's extremely fast. And he, when he got his chance to start last year, he had four starts. He had two sacks. You know, 35 total tackles. Now, a few of those tackles were from special teams because they played a lot of special teams. You know, a couple tackles for a loss. But he seems solid. He definitely needs to be more aggressive. But I am so excited to see him, how he's developed in this offseason because he has all the talent. I mean, when you, like, watch a punt and you see him running down the field, I mean, he's, like, he has noticeable speed, and he's a linebacker. And obviously he's more of a coverage guy. You know, we know that, you know, from switching over to safety. But, you know, he got a couple sacks, which is, you know, more than most middle linebackers get, especially ones that start four games. So, I, for like, for my starters, I want to see Alec Ogletree and Tay Davis. And, obviously, we, you know, we have Connolly. Uh, you know, he can move up, but I'm not ready to anoint the fourth-round draft pick. Uh, Josiah uh, to- uh, 
he's you know he's an interesting one. And then you know B.J. Goodson is the other one. Nate Stupar's there, but I honestly don't see him making this team. But yeah, I, I like Tay Davis and obviously Ogletree as the starters. I mean, where, where do you stand with it, Danny? No, I mean, I see why you like Tay Davis. So he was a quality player when they put him in because when it was basically garbage time in the season, they're like, all right, let's see what we got in some of our guys. And when they started to put in the undrafted guys from last year, both Grant Haley and Tay Davis really stood out. He could be a quality player. It's just, I'm stuck really between him and B.J. Goodson because I love B.J. Goodson, but the guy, he sometimes he can get injured a lot. He's kind of injury prone. But when he's in there, I feel like he's a solid force. And that, uh, what game was it here? The Tennessee game when, like, we were really awful. He still had nine tackles. So, I mean, he still contributes even when, like, it's basically a blowout going on. I like B.J. Goodson and Tay Davis. Uh, Nate Stupar, I mean, if anything, he's probably going to be special teams. But he even struggles sometimes on special teams. He missed some tackles he should have had. Uh, he's obviously not going to be starting, or he probably wouldn't even be a backup on this team unless something goes really wrong. So, yeah, I think Al Golgotry's obviously started, but it's just really between who can win the camp battle and really Goodson and Tay Davis, that's going to be a fun one to watch. That's going to be something to keep your eye on during camp when that kicks off, and even during uh, OTAs, that'll be some something fun to watch there as well. Yeah, Goodson, you know, Goodson is solid. Like, I'm not hating on Goodson. Uh, you know, he ended the season with 61 tackles, you know, four for loss and two interceptions. He is good in coverage. But, like, I've I paid extra attention to Tay Davis because, you know, when I first started swimming radio, he was, you know, one of the first five interviews we did with the player. And so I just kind of paid attention to him, obviously, in the preseason and then later in the season. And I really like what I see. And he has a lot of potential. He needs to be more aggressive because when you watch him, you can definitely tell that he can be very conservative and not go. And part of that is, you know, the defense. Like, when you're the backside linebacker, you can't just be going full speed because that's when cut, you know, you get cutbacks. And like for example, the Saquon run against Washington, where you see him coaching up the offensive line. Like what he told them was like, watch that backside linebacker. He's going to come crashing down, and I'm going to cut back. And that's exactly what Saquon did. So if you're too aggressive, you can get beat, and it's hard to, you know, you know, like go back and say, oh, like why isn't he more aggressive? But I do want to see him, you know, like trust him, trust his instincts a little more. Um, once you know the play is going a certain way, just go. Because he has, like, really good speed for a linebacker. Um, so, yeah, I, I just like his potential, and I think that's what I see in him. Obviously, a lot of people like Ryan Connolly. I do, too. But, you know, he played very – you know, he was really good at Wisconsin. Um, he's got a nose for the ball. Uh, he is a guy who does every once – you get a handful of plays every – you know, we did this in our breakdown of these guys. But there's a handful of plays in every game where he just – he just shoots the gap, goes full speed, and, like, just puts his head down. Like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see Tay Davis do more. But, yeah, he's definitely going to get some playing time by the end of this year, whether it's as a starter or a backup. No, yeah, Ryan Connolly, because, honestly, once again, if it goes bad, the Giants got to see what they got at Ryan Connolly. He has potential. Some people were – when they first drafted Ryan Connolly, I'm going to be honest, uh, I was like, who, who are you? Then once I did my research on him, I got to start to like Connolly. Obviously, he has things he needs to improve on, but every draft pick can improve on some things. And it's just this linebacker group. It's a very interesting group just all around. Because good said, Tay Davis, what are you going to do with Nate Stupar? Is he a special teams guy? Even outside, Lorenzo Carter, uh, Mar- uh, what's his name, Kareem Martin. So it's just an interesting group all around. And they're a group that could really take a jump because Alec Ogletree, we saw what he brought to the table last year. 
a quality linebacker. He also had five interceptions. B.J. Goodson, as we have said, we are both a fan of him. We both believe he could improve that. Tay Davis, he has untapped potential right now. So I just think the linebacker group is going to be something to watch when training camp comes around because it's it's just going to be a fun group to watch. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I wouldn't be like I like Tay Davis, but I wouldn't be surprised if a Ryan Connolly makes his way into the starting lineup in the first half of the season because he is a talented player. It's just a matter of seeing it uh, at the NFL level. Um, Nate Stupar, which I don't want to say too – actually, like, he doesn't do anything for me. We might have him on the show here eventually. I've talked to him before. I don't know if it's going to happen. But, like, he he just doesn't excite me, honestly. And then the other one is Josiah Toefa. I think I got that right. Uh, He – I want to see him – in the practice squad, I think he can survive in the practice squad. Um, and middle linebacker is a position that gets injuries, so you know you could expect to see him pulled up. He is a good pass rusher. Like he's been on the line of scrimmage, he, like, he's a really good pass rusher for a middle linebacker, so he can do that. Um, and it's here's something I've noticed. Like there's a joke on some men radio. Like you know when we did our Gruden grinders, you could just say any like backup tight end is a good blocker, and no one's going to question you on it. And that's just like an Evan Ingram. Uh, any linebacker or defensive back drafted in the fourth round or later, I've never seen one where people didn't say he could play special teams. I, I, like, I, it's just we just say it about everybody. Like, so someone like said like Josiah Toefa, it's like, oh, he'll definitely make the team. He'll definitely be real good on special teams. I'm like, I don't know. Like, he's not the fastest guy. I think he's more of just a regular football player. I don't, I don't see him being much of a special teams guy. But we just, we just say everybody who's either undrafted, free agent, or fourth round pick. Or later, uh, as a sa- as a corner safety or a linebacker, we just assume that they could play special teams. No, I don't want to. I like. I wish I could just go back and figure out how many times when I talk about a draft pick or when we're talking about the undrafted free agent. Like I could see this guy being a quality special teams player every it, time. It, it, it's probably a stupid part when you're sitting there. You're like, I like the guy, but I don't see how he could contribute to like the defense or something. You're like, you know what? Special teams. That's where he could fit. I think I said that about Ru- I said that about Russell Shepard. I'm like, this receiving group's crowded, but he is a quality special teams player. It's just special teams always finds its way back into the equation. Exactly. It's it's when you like a guy, but you can't justify pitting him. As like a starter position, we just like ah oh, special teams. And have you ever heard anyone push back and be like, actually, I don't think he'd be good at special teams at all. Like I've never heard anybody push back at that. So one day I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be like, how do you know he's good at special teams? Like, prove it to me. Show me some special teams film. You're telling me you're watching the punt team. You're watching Ryan Connolly on punt. I doubt it. Uh, anyway, actually, there is probably some coaches who are freaks out there. Like, man, I freaking love this play. Uh, so yeah, Josiah Toyefa. Like, I, I think he is a practice squad guy who could end up on the roster by the end of the year. Um, and then that leads us to the outside guys. Lorenzo Carter, obviously we want to see more out of him. He had, you know, he was solid, ended up with four sacks, 43 tackles. Um, and, you know, and he only started four games. So he's the one everyone's the most excited for. Uh, O'Shane, obviously he's a rookie. And then Kareem Martin, who I think might be like the most like, eh, blah, player <laughs> in the roster. And then Marcus Golden, if you could go to two years ago and get 12 and a half sacks, that's amazing. Um, last year, he only had two and a half of 30 tackles and, and then had an injury the year before. So there's a lot of question marks there. So I think outside linebacker, you know, uh, you know, a.k.a. pass rusher, it's got to be the weakest position on the team now um, Now that we've essentially not fixed our O-line, but uh, drastically improved it. No, you're right. I, I'm a huge fan of Lorenzo Carter. I was like fanboying over him when he finally started to contribute towards the end of the season. Uh, I feel like James Betcher loves him 
And he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna be one of the Giants' rookies from last year to take a major jump, jump because he's gonna be more confident in the system and he's gonna feel more confident in himself to get the job done. Then, as you said, Kareem Martin. I mean, he's there. He was a former uh, Cardinals guy, and so the Giants are like, he was in James Betcher's scheme. We're gonna bring him into our team. And that's really the same with Marcus Golden. They're like, he was in James Betcher's scheme. We're gonna bring him back in. But I, the goal this time was obviously to help. Br- hopefully get some life into the pass rush. As you said, if we get the 12 and a half sacks, Marcus Golden, then yes, this pickup was worth it. If we get the two or however many sacks he got last year, then no, this pickup is going to be stupid. But the Giants, they just need at least another year to probably de- develop that uh, r- defensive pass rushing. Because B.J. Hill, he's going to be a quality player. Uh, probably next year in the draft, they're going to have to address that position because Marcus Golden is not the long-term answer. Uh I think it might be the most boomer bust position because, you know, Lorenzo Carter, we all expect a lot out of him. And then O'Shane, Exhibit as the X-Man, if he could come out and be like an absolute stud, like you you draft guys in the third round to be a stud. I mean, a la Lorenzo Carter. So we could have two studs there, but I think it's, you know, Lorenzo Carter is not really a question mark, but O'Shane is definitely a question mark. Golden's a question mark. And Kareem Martin, um, unfortunately, isn't a question mark either. I think he's just very average at best. No, I, I, I completely forgot about Shane Ximenez, but could, I think in my mind, obviously, there's no way Shane Ximenez is starting this season. I think we could both agree on that. He's going to have to start from, like, the third down group and then work his way up. But I believe Shane Ximenez could do it. Yes, he played against some pretty terrible, not terrible competition, but not the best competition down in Old Dominion. But, I mean, competition is competition nonetheless. And he proved that in multiple games that he could get the job done and the Giants believe in him just by drafting him as high as they did in the third round at pick 95. So the Giants have faith in O'Shane Ximenez, and I think they're hoping that he could just capture something by the time the season comes. Obviously, they're hoping that happen. But I believe in O'Shane Ximenez. I think you're a fan of O'Shane Ximenez as well, the X-Man. And I think so is James Betcher. And so Marcus Golden, I think they're just hoping that O'Shane Ximenez will develop, that he could come in and start this year. Everyone's hoping that, except Marcus Golden. But uh, O'Shea Exhibitus, he's just really a wild card factor at this point. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I want to move on to linebackers. We're about to get to mailbag. Um, obviously, we have an interview at the end of the show. I don't actually, I don't know if I said that, but if you if you read the title, you'll see it. Um, just some quick notes before we do the mailbag. So I was kind of curious. I was like, how, I wonder how Russell Wilson's stats changed after going from NC State to Wisconsin. And like Russell Wilson was a kid in. You know, granted, I was not watching film, but when Russell Wilson was at NC State, I'm like, man, I freaking love this guy. Like, why don't people talk about him? And he's really good. But he, here's Russell Wilson's junior year stats at NC State: 58.4 completion percentage, 28 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and a 6.8 yards per attempt. All worse than old Danny Jones. Then senior year. 72% completion percentage, 33 touchdowns, four interceptions, 10.3 yards per attempt. So when I put that out there, whenever there's something like that, I don't even like to put an opinion on it. I just like to put it out there and let people kind of tear up at each other. And basically, what it's, like, it's not me saying, like, hey, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, the same player. It's more of just, hey, remember when you guys were just, just uh, ripping on the stats? Maybe the stats don't tell the whole story. And I said, well, Russell Wilson was a third-round draft pick. And I was like, yeah, because people were scared of short quarterbacks back then. Like, it had nothing to do with his arm talent, his accuracy. And then they're like, well, Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones are 
totally two different players. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Russell Wilson's playing style is way more conducive for the college game than the NFL, and he had those stats. So uh, it's just it's just uh, me pointing out that hey, like don't don't just use the stat. If you're gonna bash Daniel Jones, don't sit here and just show like throw stats at me because we looked at Justin Herbert's who are worse, and Russell Wilson's who are worse. So like the stats really don't affect me much. Uh, I think at this point, uh, there even if you're show us that everyone there's no way to really win this Daniel Jones argument. People are always gonna find a way to somehow prove you wrong or try and find a way to make you be like, oh, well, yeah, you're, this is cool, but what about this? The Daniel Jones arguments, it's such like it's such a lose-lose situation. Obviously, we both, we're both in believers in Daniel Jones, and many, I believe, of the listeners are, but there's still people out there that just don't want to believe in him. They're just too caught up on the fact that they didn't draft uh, Dwayne Haskins or something like that. So the Daniel Jones argument, the only way this argument will be won is by he either goes out there and dominates the league or he goes out there and falls flat on his face. And to be quite honest, we may not even find out until 2020 how legitimate of a star Daniel Jones is. Even if Daniel Jones becomes a star, someone will find a way to hate on him still. It's just the way of <laughs> us Giants fans. We find a way to hate on you some way. Definitely. All right, so let's move on to the mailbag. So Steve, bring us on in. Mail time. Mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Alright, thanks Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's look at the mail. Alright, first question comes in from New York Sports 508. Uh, he asked, will the Giants go to the playoffs within the next hundred years? Uh, I hope so. I, 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 re- I really hope so. I don't think my, I can handle them not going to the playoffs in the next hundred years. If they don't go into the playoffs for the next hundred years, then that, that, that is pathetic. But I believe they'll make the playoffs in, in, within the next hundred years. Not yeah, sure I'm how many go, times, but I, they'll make it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. It's a, that was a very tough question, but a great question. Every question. Is lovely. The next question comes from Mr. Chris172. Do you see Gettleman training Gallman or Perkins during camp? Um, well, they're both guys, so they're both going to get traded. I'm joking. Uh, I, I feel Perkins because Gallman, I, I, I'm biased for Gallman. I love Wayne Gallman. Uh, Paul Perkins, I really don't know what he could bring to this team. He was basically injured all of last season. Yes, he, on the 2017 team, he played against whatever that offensive line they threw out there, so it's unfair for him. Uh, but Perkins is going to have a chance to beat Gallman. I don't see it happening because I feel like Wayne Gallman's a better running back. That's just me personally. So if anyone gets traded, uh, I say Perkins. I mean, he might try, but nobody's going to trade for those guys. Like, just... Nobody trades for running backs, let alone Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins. So, yeah, if we can get some kind of asset for them, amazing. But I just – I don't see the, the market being too high on those two guys. I think many teams would love to have a Paul Perkins or Wayne Gallman on their team. They are such wonderful running backs. Yeah, for free. <laughs> uh, the next question comes from – Burn at Burner Odell. Uh, I I think he's a Giants fan, but I believe he's also a Odell Beckham Jr. fan. Uh, so I think he's both a Giants and a Browns fan. So we'll answer this question with a Family Feud style answer. <laughs> 
Does Jan- does Daniel Jones start week one? If not, do you think Eli will start for the rest of the season and lead us to another 6-10 and 10 or worse season? So, uh, D- Daniel Jones has not started week one. We've been established that unless, by some miracle, Daniel Jones dominates training camp, just destroys second, third-team defenses in preseason. Eli, This is Eli Manning's team to lose right now. Uh, do I think Eli will lead us to start the whole season? That's a possibility. Uh, if he keeps playing well and holds off Daniel Jones, then yeah, he will start the whole season. And will he lead us to another 6-10 and 10 or worse season? No, he's going to lead us to a great season. He's going to lead us to an 8-8 eight and eight season. You heard it here first. I like it. I like it. Uh, no and no, Daniel Jones will not start week one, I think. Even if, even if he's going to start week three, like I just I really don't see there being any path for him starting week one, uh, barring injury. So no. Um, and if we are a six and ten team, Eli will not start every game. I just I get that this GM and coach can be stubborn, and I'm not even blaming them for that. I'm not even like that's not even I don't think that's even that much of a knock. But there's no way Eli starts all season if we're playing the way we played last year. So and hopefully, like, I was thinking. I was actually thinking about this today. What like what happens if Eli plays like really well? And I know that's people like a big if, but he still has the arm talent. The offensive line is better. Like you, you. I mean, you. It's just like a flat out fact. And neither one of us are like Mike Remmers the savior. But the offensive line is just flat out better. Um, one because it can't be worse. Uh, and I think the ball's gonna be spread out a little more. We got, you know, three young guys and and Shep, Ingram, and Saquon who have another year under their belt. And, I mean, like, to say that Eli can have a really good year isn't crazy. And, like, I don't think playoffs are are out of the question. And I know people are like, what are you talking about? But I really just do not think the playoffs are out of of the question. Uh, We see it every year where there's three, four, sometimes even six teams who nobody thought were going to make the playoffs make the playoffs. And, Every single year where it's like, man, this is a sleep, this is a sleeper team. And everybody says the same exact team for the sleeper team. Last year it was the 49ers. The year before it was the Bucks. Like, whenever it's the same team, it never makes the playoffs. So that's why I don't think the Browns will make the playoffs. But anyways, like, <laughs> but like what happens if he starts all 16 games and plays really well? Like, I know we said, like, Gettleman said the, uh, you know, the whole Green Bay model. I think that was more in jest. But, like, it would be weird to, like, like, in a sense, force Eli to retire coming off of a really good year, you know? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to do that because I believe if Eli Manning plays well, it, it, if you not say, would it shock me if they give him an extension? Do I want that to happen? Not, not really. I mean, I love Eli, but, I mean, I don't know how much longer I could take of him giving us hope but then just being like, hang on, guys, let me be normal Eli for a minute here. But, there's, yeah, it's not out of the possibility. Eli could play well this year. That's not out of the realm of possibility. He could start all 16 games. It, Eli is still a capable quarterback. Is he as capable as he was, like, 10 years ago? Not 10 years. Like, yeah, 10, 5 years ago? No, he's not Super Bowl 42, Super Bowl 46 Eli Manning. But, I mean, we're not in a dire situation where we need a new, where we need to throw in Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones still has the possibility just to sit on the sideline and wait. And if you look at the Giants' schedule, it, like, yeah, are we the best team in the league? No, but we don't have a hard schedule. Yes, there's some tough opponents, but the schedule is doable. We could, it's, it's a winnable schedule, in my opinion. We got, the, I believe, the second easiest 
home game home games in the league. It's the po- just possible. The Giants could easily be a playoff team. Could they make it far? At this point, it's based on the past two years. I'm gonna say no, but they could easily make the playoffs. Still, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and yeah, we're gonna beat the Patriots. So yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be very interesting. Like. Like I, I think we're all giving our guesses on how this whole QB thing is going to play out, but I really think nobody knows. I don't think Pat Shermer or even Dave Gettleman even know. Like I think it all depends on what happens. Hot take. Things things happen based off of what happens. I know that's a steaming hot take, but you know that's what I'm here for. This is why you listen to the show. These amazing hot takes. Uh, the next question comes from Scoochie. Uh, we love Scoochie over here. Scoochie. Uh, Yes, this question: Who takes the biggest leap this un- upcoming season? Grant Haley, E.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson, or Will Hernandez? Bobby, I'll send this one to you first. I think we somewhat did. So wait, it was Dalvin Tomlinson, B.J. Hill, Grant, Grant Haley, Haley, Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez. I don't want to contradict myself. I can't remember what I said last week with the 2018 rookies. I'm gonna say Will Hernandez because I just love the Hog Mollies, and I, I'm like I'm a firm believer in him. Out of that whole rookie class besides Saquon, he's the one I'm just the most confident in. He improved a lot as the season went on, and I expect him to be a mauler. I expect I, I think I said last week that I would not be surprised to see him in the Pro Bowl next year. I think he's gonna get a lot of attention. Uh, you know, having a guy like Saquon behind him, I think they're pretty close. Will Hernandez is just a great guy, a hardworking guy. I love everything about him. So it's got to be Will Hernandez for me. Like he's, I think he's going to have an amazing year. No, I 100% agree. Will Hernandez, he's a mauler. He's the he's a hog molly, as Dave Gilman says. He just seems like an all-around great guy. Um, I'm probably going to 100% contradict myself here, but uh, B.J. Hill. Uh, I see the potential in B.J. Hill. He, Yes, he, was he amazing last year? Uh, well, for what we got out of him, I say yeah. B.J. Hill is a quality player. He wasn't going to be asked to do much. At least we didn't expect that to happen. And then he came out, and he contributed a lot. So all those three guys, I feel like Dalvin Thomason really has to take a step up because if he doesn't, there could be, who knows, because Dexter Lawrence is right there. Who knows where Dalvin Thomason's going to fit. But, I mean, maybe he'll move back to his more natural position now that Snacks is gone. But as I just said, like five seconds before that, Dexter Lawrence is there now, so what are they going to do with that? So I'm going to say B.J. Hill, but I feel like the guy that needs to take the biggest leap if he – because it's going to be hard for I say Dallin Thomason because he needs a good season, in my opinion, to prove to the Giants that he can be the player they need him to be. And Dalvin Thomason, he's gonna, I feel like he's going to feel a little heat behind him because RJ McIntosh, I've you know, spent some time on him this week. He excites me. Like, there was plays where he just bull rushed Quentin Nelson last year. Obviously, he, he only played a couple games because of injury last year. But And I'm a little biased for the Miami guys. But, like, he excites me. Like, he just – he makes plays. Like, he's a playmaker on the defensive line. And he's, you know, he's best fitted at the three technique. Uh, he did a little bit of nose. So I definitely cannot wait. I, I, there's got, I think we'll do a show where it's like, what guy are you looking forward to seeing in each, each position in the preseason? I guess we'll probably do that in the preseason. But RJ McIntosh would probably be mine for the defensive line. because I, I just cannot wait to see this cat in the, in the preseason. I think he's going to be out there to prove something. And hopefully he's healthy and like if RJ if RJ McIntosh takes Dalvin Thomason's job, I'm gonna be happy because that means this kid is just impressing the coaching staff like crazy. 
Yeah, RJ McIntosh, he really need, he also needs to go out there and prove he got it because he basically spent all of last season on the injured list. So he's got to be like, hey, guys, you drafted me for this reason, and I'm gonna, I proved it to you right now. I see the reason why you like him. I've seen your little break, breakdown on him, and he's a quality player. Let's not get that twisted. He can get the job done. He just got to go out there and prove it and be like, you guys waited basically the whole – yes, he played in a few games, but we basically didn't get to see what we wanted out of him. So I still believe in him. The final question comes from a top. Jeez, oh, I'm gonna mess up your name. Hang on one second. It's Top for Pete six two nine. I may have said that wrong. I'm, I uh, think it's Topher Pete. Topher Pete. Uh, you you guys know me on this show. I don't say names right. I, I don't you know. I've, t- I've talked to him before. I'm just guessing, but it's either Topher or Topper. Um, we're gonna go with Topher, and if we're wrong, correct us. All right, at Topher Pete six two nine. Yes, if you're listening and this is wrong, please tell us. Uh, he asked, "Do you see any reason slash benefit why the Giants should even pursue Kyle Rudolph?" Uh, reason he knows Pat Shermer. They, uh, I, there's no reason, in my opinion, to pursue Kyle Rudolph. You got Evan Ingram, Red Ellison. There's really no point. Oh, it's Scott Simonson. There's really no point in pursuing Kyle Rudolph. Uh, just stick with the two guys you got, Red Ellison. Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Evan Ingram, and Scott Simonson. Because this is probably going to be one Evan Ingram's team, and probably Red Ellison, he's going to be battling Scott Simonson. So don't even bother Kyle Rudolph. He's going to do whatever Kyle Rudolph does. Yeah, I don't see him fitting, um, and I, I wouldn't want to trade for him anyways. And I've, I've been on the, you know, get rid of Red Ellison, uh, Red Ellison's contract train anyways because I like Simonson. I like C.J. Conrad, the kid out of Kentucky. Uh, supposedly him and Daniel Jones had like a pretty decent connection at rookie camp. Um, it was rookie camp, so I wouldn't make too much about it. But, yeah, I'm not huge on Red Ellison. I think his his job is very replaceable. Uh, when he was brought in, he was kind of expected to be the fullback uh, as well with McAdoo because he didn't really run a fullback until he brought Shane Smith in. Um, so, yeah, uh, Kyle Rudolph, he just doesn't fit, though. He's the number one guy. And with Evan Ingram, he's not going to be there. Although, you know, he's – He's like he's kind of screwed in, in Minnesota too because they just drafted Irv Smith out of Alabama. But you never know. Tampa did the same thing, drafting OJ Howard, and Cameron Bray was still their number one guy. In fact, I think they even re-signed him. So yeah, Kyle Rudolph, he's just not a fit for our team unless we were to move on from I'd say Ellison and Ingram both, and that's just not going to happen. No, yeah, uh, Evan Ingram, he still has time to prove himself. They have faith in him. I have faith in him. Uh, yeah, I don't want to trade for Kyle Rudolph because I just don't see him. I mean, is he a quality player? Yes, he could get it done, but I don't want him on this team because this is Evan Ingram's team, and I don't feel like we need to add someone like Kyle Rudolph because I feel like we have decent players in Evan Ingram and Scott Simonson, and that is all the mail that we received today. All right, so we have an interview this week. It is with undrafted free agent running back out of Rutgers. John, Jonathan Hilleman. Uh, I'll be honest. Player interviews with rookies are just not that good because they're, they, they treat it like a press conference, which I get because there is people out there trying to twist words. So like he, he doesn't like, there's no, there's no answer where you're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, it's just, it's very bland. That's what rookie interviews are. I get frustrated every time afterwards, but I can't blame them. Because, like, what benefit does them having them to come out and say something wild and then make themselves look dumb? Um, so, yeah. But, nonetheless, we have an interview with New York Giants rookie running back John Hillman. Let's get to that. But before that, a quick 
advertisement. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Uh, we now welcome onto the program New York Giants running back John Hillman out of Rutgers. John, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about you, Good, good. Glad to have you on. Love talking to the Giants. Um, so basically, you're an undrafted free agent um, and and what's a crowded running back room. But before, I want to talk about your college story a little bit. Now, you played three years at Boston College and played a lot, started a lot of games, and then transferred the Rutgers. I mean, what made you transfer the Rutgers in your senior season? Um, well, honestly, I just kind of just, um, I waited and, you know, kind of just felt like it was a better, more opportunity somewhere else. Plus, you know, it's all so it just made sense to me on. So, yeah. Okay, okay. So, you guys, uh, you know, you did rookie minicamp and, uh, who was, who was like a guy that stood out, you know, out of that bunch, you know, I, you know, obviously besides Daniel Jones, but like who who's one of the other rookies you like went out there and saw like damn, like he's he's definitely going to make an impact on this team. Uh honestly I can't really tell, you know, I was kind of really on like, you know, making plays and making a great impression. I really I, I, I couldn't talk to anybody the whole time to be honest. I'm just like trying to focus on the plays and you know, just really have a great performance. Leave a great person okay. So, I mean, what, you know, the the Giants, you know, have Saquon, obviously, and have, you know, Wayne Gallman and Perkins, who, you know, have had had playing time as running backs. What, when the coaches talk about you, what is what is something that's going to stand out that is going to help you make the roster and, and, you know, make a name for yourself in the league? The versatility, you know, special teams, I can do a lot of things in the offense, and plus, you know, I about every special team, you know, it's a man, so... Okay. So I mean, you know, what? Uh, so, sorry. Uh, you've talked to Saquon. We, you know, we said before. Uh, what's something that you know stood about out about him? Has he given you any pointers? I mean, and what have those conversations been like? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, he just, he just put confidence. I mean, he obviously put a lot of work in. He is, he is for a reason, and a lot. Okay, so and you know you've only been in there for you know less than a couple of weeks now, but what's something that like you've already noticed is like way different than college? I mean, uh, you know, is it you know people getting cut? You know, the playbook or or anything else? I'll just say the detail. The detail is pretty much everything. Like just, you know, really being on your landmarks and running in. So, kind of a lighter question. If you were to pay, play another position, what what do you think like would be your best position if you weren't a running back? I wasn't running back. I'm going to be receiver. 
Okay. You think that's just, you know, just staying on the offense? You know, you don't think you'd make a – I mean, you're a big boy, six six foot, 225. You don't think you could smack people around as a linebacker, man? I mean, I can play linebacker. That's easy. That's not a problem. But <laughs> probably, I probably – I see any receiver. I got good hands throughout. I got speed. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you that. Okay. And is, have you, like, made any connections with some of the other Rutgers guys that – um, either, you know, came out this year or or the year before. I I know you only spent one year at Rutgers, but I mean, like like Rob Martin, who you know was a running back for the Giants, did well in the preseason, and he actually you know just got cut last week, and that's kind of like a welcome to the business kind of thing. But like, is there any other like Rutgers guys that like stand out in your mind? Yeah, um, I'm still in great connection with the guys. So I want to give you a, a, a few tips before we kind of go into lighter questions. Something to really make yourself stand out. You always hear these stories. You should, you know, Saquon obviously is supposed to be the running back of the future for the Giants and the running back now. But if you want, you know, go up to Coach Shermer and you hear these stories all the time. Just tell him, like, listen, Coach, I'm the the best decision you ever made. I'm going to be taking over for Saquon by next year. <laughs> no, man, I'd rather I'd rather. I tell that story about my how I play. <laughs> I, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm not respecting the question at all. Man, <laughs> like I'm just like the, I always like the ball. It's very simple. You know? I, I I appreciate that, man. But you know that that always stick out in a coach's mind. Um. So, uh, what what uh what about the Giants made you like? Was there any other teams that reached out, or was or and if if there was, what made the Giants you know be your pick? I mean, yeah, other teams reached out about 12 phone calls after the draft. They didn't seem like deals and stuff like that. You know, if I wasn't the draft, I knew I wanted to come home and play for the time. It was my favorite team growing up. So it was kind of like something, something I knew that if it could happen, I definitely would try to make it happen. You know? I mean, I never have an opportunity to make the team and make an impact. So I feel like, you know, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. All right, so before I let you go, I want to ask this question. I, I ask it to you know most of the players that we interview, and a lot of times they, they leave me frustrated with this question. And it, but it's the, probably the most annoying question in sports. Rank these three, MJ, LeBron, Kobe. <laughs> well, I'm a LeBron guy, so I'm going to say LeBron first. Um, yep, MJ second, and Kobe got to be fifth. Can see the last uh, Kobe pick. Good, good. I, I was getting ready to argue if you said Kobe. I, you, I don't. I can't un- explain how many people said Kobe. I know Cody Latimer. He's a giant. He said Kobe. Rob said. Kobe. I mean, just way too many Kobe guys out there. I'm glad we're finally starting to weed them out. I always say they're the the craziest people on earth. No doubt. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you giving us a, a few minutes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you come uh, OTAs and preseason, man. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking Giants. Make sure to do all that good stuff. Oh, and I'm going to start uh, scouting an offensive and defensive player of next year's draft, uh, one per week. So if you got any recommendations, tweet them at me. Um, No Justin Herbert, Jared Judy. Like, I know those guys. So, yeah, there's some guy from Syracuse or whatever that I don't know. 
Tweet at me and we'll get at it. Thanks. Let's go, Big Blue.